Jack Clayton from Impora here. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Impora Podcast. First things first, let's address the big elephant in the room. I'm not Paul Evans, I'm not Ben Mundy, and this thing is going to be like <laughs> nothing like you've ever heard before. It's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game, guys. Um, will it be different? Yes, that's absolutely going to be different. Will it be good? At this stage, I honestly have got no idea, but let's hope so. Um, this time out, we'll be doing a panel discussion on the gear we saw at ISPO 2020. The things we thought were good at ISPO, the things we thought were bad at ISPO, the things we thought were just plain average at ISPO, to be honest. Uh, joining me for this discussion, we've got Will Rennick, uh, uh, editor of Outdoors Magic. Hello, Borada, Shumai. That's already got solid start there, Will. We love to see that here on the Import Podcast. Um, we've also got Jordan Tiernan. Ni hao. <laughs> Where's that from? It's Chinese, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Topical. Topical, yep. nice. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that in a second, guys. Don't don't give away the farm just yet. Keep that one quiet. We've also got Giles Dean, um, who is with us as well, also of Impora and Outdoors Magic. Good evening, Jack. Thanks for having me. That's all right, man. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, first up, guys, a little loosener to get us, to get us fully in the, in the flow, as it were. Um, we are drinking some beers today. I thought they were going to be more interesting than the beers we've got, but um, just... Uh, we what we this? Yeah. Okay. Are we doing it? No. Yeah, I might as well. Might as well go for it. Were you going to discuss the beer? Like, yeah, I think we should. What are you, what are you drinking, Giles? <laughs> um, I've gone really out there. I've uh, chosen a beer Moretti. It's oh. not even out on the. Is that actually it. how you pronounce it? Beer. It's not Birra. Birra Moretti, isn't it? Birra. Is it? Yeah. We're all learning together. Birra Moretti. Birra Moretti. I'm it's not, not even one of the fancy glasses either. It's just French, one. isn't it? So. Be- is it? Okay. Yeah. Is that your favourite Italian beer? Or? I, I don't know that many Italian beers. Um, I did just go to, um, what was it, Belgium recently. And I know those beers a little bit better now. But yeah, Italian beers I don't know so well, but um, I've gone for the beer Moretti. And uh, Jordan, I don't, don't recognise that beer you're drinking now. <laughs> I'm on the uh, classic I'm still here. Um, so the past week, we've obviously just come back from Ispo. We've been on the Vice Beer for the whole whole week. So yes, this just tastes like water, really. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best at all. Um, we've had, yeah, like we were staying with my Bavarian mate who is a full-on full-on Bavarian out and out and he Not knows all of the best vice beer in town so I, yeah I, I can confirm to the important listeners that Manu uh, Jordan's Bavarian mate loves to get on it yeah and if he's listening <laughs> big up yourself man so I'm not enjoying the Samsung too much but it's uh, it's beer it's beer just picking up the Dutch vibe well what are you what are you sipping on over there I mean I might as well be drinking I don't know anything because I've, I've completely lost my sense of taste after after our session at the Hofbrauhaus in Munich, we've alcohol. got this wrong immediately, haven't we? No, this is what? Are we, what? I mean, no, I mean the beer section. Let's um, next week. Let's really. Oh yeah, no. This. Next week we'll, we'll definitely get some more interesting beers. Because, but I can confirm just on what Will's just said there as well that Will definitely yeah enjoyed himself on that last night <laughs> at the ISPO trade show um, I don't want to talk about it in real life let alone on a bloody podcast <laughs> why what happened I just uh, I just got stuck into the vice beers you know got into the umpires and all that soaked up the vibes is the uh, schnapps that got you I don't even remember the schnapps, Charles. Unfortunately, well, that's because we got a tray of schnapps and Manu sort of Yeah, with 
a whole bunch of different ones. We were like doing a little sip, pass it on, and they wouldn't. None of the schnapps got past you. Oh bloody hell! That explains <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, listeners, we could go into it in, de- in depth, but uh, let's just say Will had a good time and definitely did not fall asleep against the wall. Yeah, let's leave it like that. I also had a very, very bad time the next day on the <laughs> flight back from uh, back to London City Airport with my head in my hands the whole six-hour journey. Oh, my God. You so, were with him, weren't you? I was with him at the airport and... Uh, yeah, it took ages coming through passport as well. So I went through in front of him, and then I was looking back, going, "Oh man, like he's left his passport at home. But he left his passport at the hotel. He's they're not letting him through because he's being drunk and disorderly." I honestly didn't know what to make of it. To be honest, <laughs> they were they were changing the security person, but they were taking so long, I, I, and I was so irritable because I was so hungover. I almost lost my cool with it. So I could have ended up stuck in Germany. <coughs> With, you haven't told us this yet. Well, I, I bit my lip, but they were they were just faffing around. It took ages. You know when you like you wait ages to get to the front, and then you get. So you hey, get we're there. on the German side, Munich Airport, and they're checking passports before getting onto the flight. Okay. So I waited ages to get there. It finally got to me, and then the person faffed about for ages, and then then they decide, Then another person came and tapped them on the shoulder. So I was I was stood at the front of the queue for about half an hour. And you know when you've got that decision, you think, right, I could just jump onto the other side and go to the other person. Mm. I just thought, no, it's going to change, it's going to change. And yeah, about 50 people went by on the other side and I was still stood there. But anyway, that's by the by. It just happened to be one of the worst days of my life. As I've said, we're going to be chatting about ISPO, ISPO 2020. If you don't know what that is, let me just give you a quick kind of, I don't know what the word is, quick overview of what ISPO is. Basically, I think in a nutshell, I think you guys would agree with this, it's a big coat-touching trade show. Yeah, <laughs> lots of coat-touching. Go yeah. around. No, no. Lots of head nodding. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. Head, lot of coat-touching. Which is fine. I think everyone's into that. A lot of shoe sniffing, a lot of bag kind of wearing... Uh, it's great. You get to meet a lot of cool brands. All the big big hitters are there. You've got the North Face. You've got Patagonia. You've got all those guys, Arcteryx. All the just the top top Filson. people. Come on, you mentioned Filson. You've got. I'm coming on to Filson in a bit, mate. But yeah, uh, <laughs> don't you worry. There's a whole 20 minute segment dedicated to Filson. Um, yeah, <laughs> you got all the all the best brands there. All the big brands. Um, and this year there was added drama because. Uh, a little thing called coronavirus. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, but basically, it's been, it's been in the news and everyone's been pretty anxious about it. Um, so much so that, in fact, the anxiety levels went up quite a lot for me when Will came out of the toilet and said, oh, I think I've just seen a man die in there. <laughs> Essentially, is what he said to me. He just looked in great distress and kind of, well, he looked like a person with very, very bad flu and almost to the extent that he was crying about it, but um, and then kind of blow, blowing his nose and everything, so... There yeah. was also a case reported, like, 30 kilometres south of Munich 
Which, while we were yeah, there, while whilst we were there breakfast. in yeah. this international trade meeting. So. And, like you, and obviously in those situations, you, you've kind of got to try and think, oh, yeah, it's not just about me, but there is also that kind of survival instinct, I think, kicked in for all of us a little bit, where we were like kind of a little bit, yeah, this is quite heavy chat, actually. Maybe let's move on. Um, hopefully that guy that Will saw in the toilet today is going to get a speedy recovery and we wish him and his family well at this difficult time. Uh, moving on from coronavirus, what do we think about the show in general, guys? Like, I know that chatting to you sort of on an individual level, you said kind of maybe there's a lack of wild innovation this time out. Did you kind of feel that? or like? I've been to about five or six winter ISPO shows now and it was definitely the most flat I think out of all the ones I've been to I'm not really sure why that is I think I think I mean you probably all agree that last year was quite a big one wasn't it it seemed yeah. like there was a lot of exciting stuff going I think on mainly because of the big black box that was future light that was like the excitement of ISPO last year um, I think in a hiking sense it was yeah really flat and boring but on a ski ski point of view it was yeah really exciting actually there were loads of new developments which i guess maybe we're going to chat about later or yeah i mean no basically no if you've got some highlights that i basically kind of my next question was going to be like what were your what were your highlights so obviously kind of your general feel of this though but what were the standards yeah. for you like? so I, I i could go on for hours about ski gear as you guys know but um i've tried to condense it into to a few points here um I guess like the most exciting thing are the traditional brands or the traditional downhill brands getting into touring gear. Um, I think that's a really cool development. Like me and Giles went to see Dalbello and they've um, now developed this uh, a solo quantum boot, um, which is a full on touring boot, 950 grams, great walk mode for ski touring. Um, and yeah, it's just, like I said, it's great to see these very um, traditional brands starting to move into the uh, ski touring world and backcountry world, whereas normally they'd stay very much in the downhill world. Um, and that's the same with skiing as well. Like Black Diamond are bringing out their own uh, sub one kilogram ski mountaineering ski. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, they're starting to really sort of produce these um, really well thought of um, downhill bindings that are basically the same as an alpine binding but can tore up really well. So like the marker PT-16 was probably one of my highlights of the of the trip. Um, basically an alpine binding that can turn into a, a pin binding like the shift binding that we had in the, the backcountry ski guide. So yeah, some really cool stuff with skiing but every time i went over to the hiking sort of stands it was a bit it's a bit much of the same really. much of the, much yeah. the same yeah i, I felt think, like that i think my personal highlight um not on a gear point of view was the fact that will ask the pr um whether she ever thought about dying alone <laughs> uh, will what are you saying you like now? once again this is an, another night that involved alcohol and i i don't think you remember it as clearly i think your memory's blurred because I, I was not i did not say that that happened to be... I think you asked me. Should we set the scene of where we were? <laughs> well, let's, I, let's well I was going to try and move this away and try and deflect back <laughs> no, on. No, I think let's get... Let's, let's, paint, let's, end, let's, paint, let's paint a picture. So basically, um, Sigrid, Norwegian pop star Sigrid, who, by the way, uh, I am now like her number one fan. But so wholesome. She's awesome. Great talent. If she's listening, Sigrid, <laughs> pick up yourself. Um, but no, so Sigrid has partnered up with Nerona 
and Gore-Tex to essentially collaborate on a jacket uh, inspired by her mum's anoraks in Oslo. She's from Norway. Um, and basically, we went to this big kind of underground rave venue. Pretty well, much, yeah. It was, a te- it was like yeah, a big, it was. it was like a techno club, right? It's called Blitz, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it was very German, very techno, like speakers the size of your house. It was excellent. But basically, Sigrid, she played four or five songs. You know, she said, hey, Chris Moyle's got on there. It was like, and now we play the hardcore techno. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a German so Chris Moyle's there. Uh, and I honestly, yeah, I think, I think he was really famous, but obviously none of us knew who he was because, you know, I'm not massively into my German techno, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're, we're, we're there. There's a PR there. She's, she's really nice if she's listening. We thought you were great. But we'll, in a moment of madness... I don't even know if I'd say madness. <laughs> I don't even say madness, but there was just a moment where, and Jordan has verified this, that Will said to her, "Do you ever think about dying alone?" I think no. I think what happened, Will turned to me and said, oh. like, while we we're at the bar, Will turned to me and said, "Jordan, what do you think about it? Do you ever think of dying alone?" <laughs> and I was like, totally taken aback, like, "Whoa, what's you know, going on?" What it was, Jordan. We were having an interesting conversation about something slightly different. I thought, oh no, look at poor Jordan there by himself at the bar. And I thought, okay, how can I bring Jordan into the conversation here? So I just said it, you know, I said it. And okay, sorry for being a good colleague, but um, how does it go through that filter though? That's what I don't understand. What filter? The filter of like, I've seen this situation. I'm having this conversation with this person this is going to be what I'm going to say. Bearing in mind this is a free bar, Giles, and there was, there was quite a lot of rum. I, 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 was, I was, wasn't drunk, I, I was keeping it together, but you guys were dancing, I'm not really much of a dancer. I saw your moves, I, I thought. I think you had some good moves, yeah. to be fair. I, yeah, I think you recovered quite well with the dancing. Dad at a wedding. Pretty kind of bad moves. music, so I think everyone had a solid effort there. Do you think the music was bad? Yeah. I, I wouldn't really know. Yeah. Uh, we are going wildly off topic here, wildly <laughs> off piece, but Jordan is a big, big drum and bass man. Um, and DMB for life. Big DMB man, yeah. And he was, he'll talk you, I mean, we might just do a, a separate pod called like Jordan's <laughs> drum and bass evenings. Yeah, the music there was, well, Chris Miles, German Chris Miles was, yeah, <laughs> was not on form. He was I'd not say. on form. He was having, he was having a bad night. He was, he was not playing playing well that evening. Um, so, but like bringing it back from kind of death and <laughs> coronavirus and dying alone, which this pod seems to have hit pretty early on. Um, what do we think about the kind of... One thing I noticed at ISPO this year and I thought was really cool was that a lot of brands were kind of really pushing the environmental stuff. Do mm. you guys feel that? Like there was a kind of sense of like people are actually really kind of getting switched onto it and actually thinking if we're not part of that, we're going to look essentially really shit because mm-hmm. everyone, needs, everyone needs to be part of that. Yeah. You, I, what were the standouts for you in that respect? I think that's something that's been going on for seven years or something and it's been getting you know bigger and bigger with every show as it has yeah, in all, sure. all parts of society basically. But in the outdoor industry, we're the ones who really should be leading the way with it all. So I think something like five years ago, um, it was all about it was all about um, down and responsibly sourced down, making sure that it wasn't live plucked and that geese weren't treated cruelly, ducks weren't treated cruelly, and whatever. 
that was a kind of an, an initiative that Greenpeace brought in. That all came up. Everyone started to introduce good practice with their downsourcing. Then once that was all done, everyone moved on to, all right, I'm going to go a little bit boring now. You told me not to talk about PFCs, but I can't resist it. Once that, once the down thing was over, everyone started talking about PFCs. And then all the brands started catching up with, with that, trying to make sure that they were eradicating PFCs from their waterproof jackets, the, the stuff that makes them water resistant. Now it seems that everyone's, well, most people have got rid of PFCs, so that's just the norm now. This time, at this show, it, to me, definitely seemed like recycling was the main initiative. Materials. Well, making sure that things are made out of recycled materials mm. and also making sure that they're recyclable sure. at the end as well, trying to create this, um, what do they call it, a circular economy kind of thing, clo- closing the loop. Mm. So I think the best example, we'll probably talk about that in a bit. When Are you going to ask us what our favourite products at the... I mean, basically, yeah, I was going to lead on to that, yeah. What was your, your favourite kind of... In that respect, what was your favourite thing? Like? Well, I think, weirdly, my my most my favourite thing from the show mm-hmm. and my least favourite thing from the show is the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's the Adidas Terex Future Craft Loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this... I think Jack described it quite well. I probably shouldn't say this on uh, on air, but I mean, we can it, edit it if it's really bad. What are you going to say? It looks like a used diaper in a way. It's this big puffy white thing, a big quilted jacket, but it's got this slightly off brown or kind of yellowy brown Adidas Terex logo on it, which kind of looks like a little bit like skid mark. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I can I can yeah. confirm that I that my. And look, I will say this: I love Adidas. Like, I will. I'm an Adidas ultra. I'll take a bullet for Adidas. Like, if someone was firing a gun at the, the logo of Adidas, I would be like, I'd go full Clint Eastwood and take that bullet. But Will is absolutely right. This new Adidas Terex Futurecraft Loop jacket, which is great from an environmental point of view and a sustainability point of view, it does look like it's. Like someone's just got a load of dirty nappies and just stuck them together, and it won an ISPO award. Well, I, I, the reason it did was because it's probably one of those. In terms of in, in the outdoor industry, I don't think I've seen a kind of main, mainstream brand create something with so much innovation from a sustainable perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's made out of just one material. I think it's um, I think it's all polyester. Basically, the whole jacket is polyester which means that when it comes to the end of its life, they can just chuck it in one machine and it's it's recycled quickly and easily. They don't need to kind of take it apart and send one bit here, the other bit there. Okay. And then to start with, it's made out of recycled materials anyway. And then there's no dying, dying used with it. So it means that the actual um, amount of water water used to produce it is really low. So from, from so many different perspectives, it's actually very very sustainable and I, and I think we I think we chatted about this in the in the old Hofbra house but I think almost the fact that it does look a bit weird is almost kind of like a marketing tactic on their part maybe it's that kind of like if everyone's talking about how ridiculous it looks people are still talking about it the technology is getting talked about is that how you see it I think so I don't think they're actually going to release it anyway probably because they know that not that many people would want to buy something. I think they're giving a hundred out. 
Okay, so yeah, it's kind of like... given 100 out. They don't know whether they'll get them back. Um, right. was, the, was what I heard from them. So um, if you want one, just go on eBay. Yeah, you'll, yeah you'll I'm sure you'll find it on eBay. Yeah. Or I think, yeah, walk yeah. around Munich for a bit and you'll see a few people lend them. So, yeah, like Jack said, I think it's, it's an... Ex- it's an example it's them showing everyone what they can do not necessarily saying right we're going to make thousands of products and hope to make loads of money out of this but it's it's a bit of a statement mm-hmm. yeah yeah Giles with anything anything to that for you product wise like- um, I think what was kind of cool was seeing I think Jordan's already mentioned the North Face Future Light and um, we've spoken quite a lot about this on our upcoming Will's World episode but um, I think Gore-Tex have made a really good go at... Oh, the skis are going! Oh. <laughs> so that's just the skis behind us falling from the wall. Good save, guys. It's just how real we are. Should, this is, uh... should lay them down. Keep going, Giles. If you're listening, uh, the Four podcast, um, the, yeah, there's some skis nearly fell on Giles and nearly killed him. So he's lucky to stay with us. Um, um, anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll start that bit start again. Um, so yeah, I think... Harping back to what Jordan mentioned about uh, North Face Future Lights. Um, there we go. Jordan, Jordan, is, Jordan is literally waving skis around like a lunatic. But um, anyway, yeah, so we'll try that one more time. Giles, what are the highlights for you of this photo shit? The only reason he's trying to take my head off of the skis is because I'm just about to talk about Gore-Tex and not Future Lights. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that, yeah, last year was all about the North Face Future Light, super cool, amazing technology, um, perfect timing for the outdoor market to have a new bit of technology coming through. Um, but what was quite interesting to see, and only I guess it kind of stood out for me a little bit more because I've had a bit more exposure to the new Gore-Tex Pro, um, but just seeing how much of that there was out there and how much of that featured in brands' key products um, and how it was such a talking point for their key products that they had Gore-Tex Pro in it. Whereas I think for previous years, um, products that had Gore-Tex Pro built into it, it wasn't really shouted about so much, whereas I feel like it is becoming like a little bit more of its own thing. Um, and I think that's all because it's got those three types. So it's got most rugged, most breathable and stretch. Um, which is kind of, I think it's notched them up, you know, quite a lot. Um, so yeah, I think that was super cool. So you know, you got brands like Mountain Hardware, Arcteric, Salomon, uh, Nerona. You know, these kind of like super high performance, high alpine brands talking about this this technology. Um, so yeah, I thought it was kind of an interesting one because obviously Gore-Tex is a membrane and. Um, it's an ingredient product, so it's it's there, but you can't see it. Um, and it's cool to see how kind of yeah omnipresent it was, I guess. But they brought out this new version of Gore-Tex Pro, but it isn't actually more breathable, is it? I think everyone was wait was hoping that because it had been seven years or something since they changed Gore-Tex Pro. Sure. Everyone was thinking, right, okay, are they going to bring out something that's going to compete with Future Light yeah. in the breathability stakes? Yeah. And. What's it, it hasn't, has it? Yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers, it looks like the breathability hasn't improved. But I think what they've really focused on is improving the durability, improving the stretch performance, 
Um, and then the bre- most breathable fabric is, it comes in like, I think the face fabric has to be like less than 70 den, yeah? So it's like, it's yeah, it's pretty like lightweight. But um, yeah, I think you're right. In terms of breathability, maybe not. But um, in terms of just being like a rough and ready waterproof membrane that you can rely on, you know, yeah. strikes all the right, right, right balances. Yeah. Basically, I think we we talked about this yesterday a little bit. But the cool thing about Gore-Tex is that it's been tried and tested over like years and years and years. I, I'm sure we've probably all got coats, or I've got a bivy bag of my parents that I've got that's made out of Gore-Tex and it still works sweet. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. it's kind of like tried and tested. I think when you're you know, really out there in the outdoors, you kind of want like a yeah. little bit of some history behind the product a little bit. Um, and that will come with future light for sure. But um, yeah, I think the Gore-Tex things really... Yeah, it was, it was cool to see different companies sort of apply it in, in for different sports. You know, we saw Mountain Hardware brought out the Viv range mm-hmm. um, from the Chamonix Steep Skier, Vivian. Um and it's all about steep skiing, and it's cool to see them use uh, most most breathable. I believe they used um, throughout that Did whole they? whole jacket. It felt really nice and light and comfortable. Um, and again, I guess like like Will wrote in his Outdoors Magic article, it's pretty cool to see these brands now bringing out their own full ski ranges. Like Rab have their own as well. Um, so it's cool to see these. Again, traditional climbing companies start to move into skiing for people like me anyway that was um that was really cool that was definitely something i noticed this year that every it seemed like everyone with the exception of about three brands seemed yeah. to be doing something about ski mountaineering or ski touring which is great for us because obviously we cover that on Impora, so that's great yeah. great it, for us yeah, right i now. think it just shows the growing popularity of skiing and backcountry skiing in general really mm-hmm. people are looking to go outside of the resort boundaries now which cool. is yeah I'm going to come in with my cynical hat here okay. I the way I see it and I said a little bit about this in, in the article a few years ago at ISPO all brands were talking about the new gear that they were launching for fast and light alpinism that mm. kind of thing now it seems they're all talking about ski mountaineering backcountry skiing what I wonder is whether they, they re- a bit like we were saying with Adidas Terex and the Future Craft Loop, they release one item that they don't really expect to sell. North Face AMK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, they don't they, expect it yeah. to sell that well, but that it positions themselves and 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 shows shows the the audience. Yeah, that, but if they did that, why why wouldn't they just keep on selling high alpine gear or you know? Really yeah, so there is, there is an appetite. I they, yeah, I think it. it does still show that ski touring is becoming more popular um yeah i think it's also a trickle down effect as well isn't it you know it's it's amazing to see like brands produce products that are literally at the highest end they can possibly be and then you'd hope that that technology then trickles down into the mid-range mm. and the you know whatever yeah. whatever else they've got um yeah because i think I, I was speaking to someone from the north face i think like Summit Series, which is their most premium series. So it's like, yeah, how would you describe Summit Series, Jordan? Yeah, it's a pinnacle mountain. Pinnacle mountaineering kind mountain of range. Series. It makes up yeah. 0.7% of their sales. Like, mm. it's mad. It's like nothing. But 
you know, they need to be doing that to position themselves. Otherwise, they'll become, you know, a brand, a sort of fashion, fashion brand. brand. I think that's, I think that's totally right. I think basically every brand, and they know that on some level they need to be showing that they've got that kind of legit side to them, and yeah. that if they don't show that side of themselves, then they essentially just become a fashion brand, and they're actually they lose that relevance for the for basically everyone else who's kind of a bit interested in the outdoors and adventure but not necessarily a kind of full-on live and breathe it every second of every day kind of person i mean what do we think about amk i think that's interesting does that step up from future lives so or just is it... just for the listeners who don't know what amk is it's the north face's advanced mountain kit that's specifically for kind of the real high mountain stuff so if you're looking to Will is sneaking off here. Will is going for a week. Thank God. That was a weird moment. Um, I kind of wish we were filming this pod now. Um, Just for that. Um, No, basically, so for the listeners who don't know what it is, uh, the North Face is AMK. It's uh, Advanced Mountain Kit. And it's it's kit, basically, for the high stuff. 8,000 plus. 8,000 plus. Um, David Gottler, who, by the way, we had a great time with. I think we can say that. I had a schnitzel. Yeah, yeah, we shared a schnitzel with... No, uh, he's vegetarian. Oh, no, you're right, yeah. We had a dumpling or two. Spinach spinach dumplings. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. David Gottler, yeah. um, It was weird because he's a Bavarian and we thought he was getting on it. Oh, they got free vice beer. Yeah, what's that all about? I think I found that out at the end of the evening. That was an amazing... No, it was rice at the beginning of the evening. Thing. Oh, what well, when he revealed that he... when the waiter came over, oh, yeah, 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 and he said, "What would you like to drink?" You're like, "Yeah, I have what he's having." And the waiter said, "Oh, you do realise that's not alcohol." You're like, "Definitely not one of those." However, you've made a lovely decision. Yeah. <laughs> I basically, I basically, yeah. I basically slam dunked on one of the world's great mountaineers within about <laughs> two minutes of meeting him. But that's. I don't muck around. It's here or there, is it? I sort of, I'm a hard-hitting journalist and I sort of, I take a whole power to account and quite frankly, David Gottler having a non-alcoholic beer was a bit strange for me. But look, hey, please drink responsibly. We're going fully off Another piece. Another tangent now. Yeah, fully, nice. fully off piece. That's often. the AMK. That's, that's, uh, that's the new important podcast, guys. It's basically just going to be lots of tangents. Yeah. And you think you know where it's going, and then suddenly Will goes to the toilet, and actually the whole thing falls apart. But we're going to build it back up again. Basically, yeah, North Face Advanced Mountain Kit. What do we think about it? I thought it was really cool. Not as someone who is ever going to probably climb an 8,000-meter peak, but... It was. I found it interesting that the amount of thought that had gone into it, like how lightweight, how lightweight some of it was, the way the baffles were constructed in this kind of weird, like one on one, one on one on, yeah, yeah. one on one off. So it was like breathable but kind of warm. Um, we'll put some pictures up with the pod so you can see what it looks like. But yeah, it, it was really. I found it really interesting, and I say that as someone who's not normally. A, a real diehard gear nerd but yeah. I was kind of into it like just the I thought it was it was good to see the brand um, I was a bit nervous because obviously we've done a lot with them around Future Light and I was a bit nervous that they'd sort of sit back a little bit and potentially pedal Future Light again um, but it was cool to see them actually like take it to the next level even though I guess the technology that they'll be using in each of those products probably isn't new um, but the way it's been constructed and yeah. the way it's put together in terms of like Jack mentioned the baffle construction I mean all of that kind of stuff is new 
Uh, the tent as well, we haven't managed to get our hands on that, but I'm sure we will see. The tent was incredible. I did, again, I, I didn't think I could get so excited about a tent, but it was just so lightweight and like... A single skin. Single mm. skin. Which is, um, yeah, for putting it up, it's, yeah, you get those things up so, so quick. Bottom the bun. Um, but yeah, it was, oh, here he is, it's going to be noisy. I will just pause this moment. So Come on, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah, here he is. You can probably hear that. Lighter footsteps. <laughs> He's back in the room. Um, well, how, how was it, Will? It was all right. I almost went in the ladies. I always do it up here because you come around the corner and you can't see the symbol. Do you but know what I did yesterday? I came up here. I walked in the men's loose. And it, I sh- uh, should I say this? Yeah, no, I should say We'll this. probably edit it out. We can oh, come, on, get it. come on, let's hear. And it... Nah, not How bad is what? it? Whoa, God. you can't, you can't, yeah. you cannot. Nah, on, no, no. On the relaunch of the Important Parents. <laughs> leave us dangling like that. <laughs> do something to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't say that. Whoa. Whoa, this got dark. Um, nah, happened? that's an off-air story. Ah. Yeah, it's fine. Any, okay. Yeah, anyway. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Yeah. Why not? Anyway. That's, that's it, yeah. Well, um, AMK. Will, any thoughts on AMK? Well, I, I kind of missed the appointment, so I only could... I don't really. I didn't get the talk through. I didn't get the spiel. I just. Yeah. I just looked at it. But from what I saw, I, I saw those kind of the baffles that are almost separate to each other, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely uh-huh. separate chambers. And I mean, obviously, I think that would. It looks like it would trap a little bit of air, but could it be a gimmick? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have to wait and see. What's your least favourite thing about Expo this year? What was the what was the worst thing about it for you? It's that hangover I took over. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the conclusion. Oh, the denouement, is that what happens at the end? Yeah. That for me is Yeah. That was a low a low, low time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Apart well, from that, it was all great. It was just uh, the way it finished, but what about you, Charles? Uh, for me, was the was there a low light? Um I'm trying to think in terms of product if there's anything particularly disappointing. It doesn't have to be product related. It, oh, it doesn't. Be, the whole just it could just be experience. anything about Ispo. If, I mean, you don't because obviously we don't want to just call out brands for the sake of it. But if there was something about Ispo that you found annoying or you didn't like, I mean, the food wasn't good, was it? There weren't many food options there. <laughs> yeah, they could improve that. Oh, also, yeah, <laughs> Munich. It's yeah. it's the year 2020 and. The amount of places that don't do chip and pin or contactless car payments. Yeah. Get with the program, guys. Like, again, this is why we voted out. <laughs> you guys are behind the times. Come on. Because I'm joking. I'm joking, obviously. But, like, and yeah, the, the whole contactless payment thing was a, a real kind of weird thing where they just, it's cash only. It seems everywhere you go. Mm. Um, don't have cash, don't eat. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Eating's cheating. Yeah. Um, I think for me, oh, oh, God. Sorry, guys. I think for me, it was just being based in a trade show for three days in Munich and not being on the snow. I don't, I still don't understand that. How you know all of these ski brands, all of these outdoor brands can just go to Munich yet not do it on snow? Like surely, surely you could run the event just you know thirty minutes south of Munich and you'll be pretty much on snow, or you'll be on the hill for Will testing boots and stuff testing jackets like 
yeah, why is it not done on snow? There's so many snowboard trade events that are all done on snow. Um, whereas this place not. So, yeah. yeah, good point. I think I think the good three point. the three days inside definitely will do things to your head. So yeah. On the third day, there was a moment during a meeting that I won't mention what the meeting was, but Will looked over and apparently like glassy eyed, and I was just like nodding along, like I was a kind of some weird puppet on a string. I was basically, I think at this point, it was three days in. I think I was a little bit hungover, and I basically just being in that in that room in that big kind of warehouse space for three days in a row just really there, there was no life behind those eyes no just just a head bobbing along rhythmically <laughs> I was dead I was dead on every level every fibre of my being we'll wrap it up I think with that thanks for listening guys cheers thanks very much bye bye see ya adios cheers Hoyle. Well.